This is a Catholic Concern for Animals podcast. Number six in the From the Ark series, from issue 252, summer 2022. Welcome from the chair. Written by Professor Clara Mancini and read by Dr. Gerald Taylor. During his Easter Sunday blessing, Pope Francis prayed for the Ukrainian people before remembering all those affected by conflicts around the world. May there be peace for war-torn Ukraine, so sorely tried by the violence and destruction of the cruel and senseless war into which it has been dragged. Since Russia invaded Ukraine on the 24th of February 2022, the planet has been the theatre of yet another devastating conflict, which is continuing to inflict unimaginable suffering upon its victims. Over 20,000 humans are estimated to have been killed and nearly 5 million to have been displaced, their homes and lives destroyed. Although far less talked about in the news, the cost of this war for the animals of Ukraine has been and will be just as devastating. Countless wild animals are being injured and killed by explosive and survivors will be left without the means to sustain themselves, as entire habitats are being wiped out. Some of the areas attacked by military forces were home to rare species, whose fate is now unknown. Animals who live captive in zoos or farms have no chance of escaping bombardment and shootings. World Animal Protection estimates that Ukraine's 3.5 million cattle 5.7 million pigs and 212 million chickens are vulnerable to indiscriminate attacks or abandonment. Several farms have already been destroyed, and WAP warns that the animals who do not perish under fire risk dying of neglect as food and water runs out, and farmers desert them. In some farms, all the animals have already been slaughtered due to lack of resources. Similarly, zoos and eco-parks have been under fire, causing the death of many resident animals, with many more starving to death due to their caretakers' inability to reach them. Ukraine's population of over 6 million cats and dogs has been severely affected too. U-Animals warns that thousands of shelter animals remain trapped due to the conflict and may die of neglect. Many already have. Additionally, many companion animals are being left to fend for themselves amid the devastation as their humans escape the war zones. Whether they are under direct human control or simply live within the human proximity, animals' lives are fundamentally affected by human behaviour. Unable to understand or change what happens around them, or even to use their imagination to evade the terror of the here and now, They are completely exposed to the rawness of war's horror and to the extreme suffering that comes with it. Still, while the human cost of war is universally acknowledged by society, the animal cost of war is yet to be properly acknowledged. For one example, while international law condemns war crimes against humans, the notion of war crimes against animals does not even exist. This reflects a societal view whereby the treatment of animals is regarded as an issue of compassion, according to which treating animals with respect is a requirement of human dignity, rather than as an issue of justice, 
according to which animals are entitled to be treated with dignity. Consistent with this view, when humans face threats or shortages, they are not required or indeed expected to treat animals with compassion. If they do, they might even be accused of taking resources away from humans. This attitude was exemplified by the reactions of many people to Nauzad's evacuation of 175 cats and dogs from Kabul following the Taliban's occupation, when British and American military forces left the Afghan capital city last summer. The charity's founder was accused of putting animals before humans, even though the facts clearly contradicted such baseless accusations. However, something new has happened with the Ukraine conflict, triggered by the many people who choose to take their animals with them when fleeing from the war or to stay behind so they could continue to look after them. The mass migration of people with their animals and the resolve of many others to care for animals on the ground have mobilised many animal charities and rallied unprecedented support. Countries hosting refugees have also welcomed their animals, leading to the unprecedented, if temporary, relaxation of animal importation requirements. Although the welcoming of refugee animals has been largely tied to the welcoming of their humans, and some countries have now sadly closed their borders to unaccompanied animals, people's determination to save their animals seems to have snowballed. A shift in societal consciousness, bringing the plight of all animals caught in war and the need for their protection into much greater focus than ever before. While this realisation is most welcome, lest we forget, it is not just in times of military conflict that animals have to endure human violence. Every time we displace them and hunt them down and invade and destroy their homes, every time we lock them in the concentration camps of factory farms, mutilate and brutalise them and take away their babies, every time we enslave and torture them and force them to labour under demeaning or excruciating conditions. Every time we do these things, we wage war on animals and commit what under human law would be regarded as war crimes. Of course, animals often hunt and kill and fight one another too, but they do not have a choice if they are to survive. However, we do. In What I Believe, one of the books in which he shared his personal interpretation of Christian theology, Leo Tolstoy writes, As long as there are slaughterhouses, there will always be battlefields. Systemic violence against animals breeds systemic violence against humans, and as long as we wage war on animals, we will be ready to wage war on humans. The idea that these two expressions of violence are somehow different seems nothing more than a convenient illusion. Indeed, the determination of many Ukrainian people to be rescued with their animals, or not to be rescued at all, has highlighted the interdependence of human and animal well-being. This interdependence was also recently recognised for the first time by the United Nations with an animal welfare resolution which puts animal welfare and health on the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development by recognising the nexus between animal welfare, the environment and sustainable development. This historical achievement by the United Nations Environment Assembly to which Catholic Concern for Animals has directly contributed, 
marks a major first step forward on the long road to a world in which the way we relate to animals truly matters. As political philosopher Martha Nussbaum points out in her book Frontiers of Justice, animals are agents capable of dignified existence, with corresponding needs for flourishing and related goals that they actively pursue, to which they have a moral entitlement. Therefore, how humans treat animals is not an issue of compassion, it is an issue of justice. Come the day when humans finally end our war on animals to build a world in which all sentient beings are truly respected and treated with justice, we might finally also achieve peace. Because, as Martin Luther King famously said, there can be no peace without justice. This is why Catholic Concern for Animals is advocating for a world of justice and peace for all sentient beings. To quote Pope Francis's Easter Sunday blessing again, In this terrible night of suffering and death, may a new dawn rise. Let there be a choice for peace. That was a Catholic Concern for Animals podcast. Number six in the From the Ark series. Written by Professor Clara Mancini, Catholic Concern for Animals Chair, and read by Dr. Gerald Taylor.